Hi, my name is Skrillex. Nope. Mm -mm. Hello, I'm Pete Tong. And Zell, what are you doing? I just really want people to listen to this show. I think they'll figure out that you are none of these people. I was gonna let you be Annie Mac. <laughs> Let's just start the show. Hello and welcome to Don't Kill the Vibe, the show where we talk about what's new, what's good, and what's not so good in the wide world of dance music and beyond. I'm Zell McCarthy. And I'm Katie Bain. On today's show, we welcome drag queen and HBIC of the club called Ronda Dor, Phyllis Navidad, as well as journalist and cultural savant Morena Dewey. Crystal is joining us a little bit later for a look at some great new music, and I guess we'll also discuss Halloween a little bit. We will, but first... But first... Okay, the craziest story that I think of this entire political season. <laughs> sure. I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, everybody, who you know if you have a relative who's a conservative person, but not just a conservative person, a specific brand of asshole, I think, listens to Rush oh, Limbaugh. Oh, I mean, now we're talking about several of my family members, but yeah. Well, I mean... Several of mine, too. And if they're listening to this show and Rush, that's an interesting cross-section. Sure. Okay, yes. But tell them what happened. So Rush declared on air that his new favorite show, or new favorite music, was from uh, Caribou. Yes. It's not even, it's new. It can't do without you. The song is a couple years old. And then he got swiftly bitch-slapped by none other than... Dan Snaith. Dan Snaith. Of Caribou. Who is Caribou. Um, Who said... Who said, uh, basically, fuck off. Basically, fuck off. It said, uh, either stop using my music yeah, or he stop said, being a bigot. Yeah, he, said, he literally said, dear Rush Limbaugh, fuck off. Please either stop. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that I don't think that Rush has actually used the song on the show. He no, just he, stated his... Uh, he did. They played it as bumper music. No, really? Yeah. Don't you have to get, like... Rights? I don't know. I think that, I think it falls under fair use. Uh, they have a bigger budget than we do, so I think they can just pay for that shit. Um, yeah. Well. Do you want this? The crazy thing is how he found out about it. How, how Dan Snaith found out about it? No, no, no. How Rush Limbaugh oh, found out about Caribou? Right, right, right. Okay. So he said, uh, and I'm, I'm quoting him now. I was watching one of my formerly enjoyed TV shows, How to Get Away with Murder, and I don't know why it's formerly enjoyed. I guess because. I don't know how I don't know how Rush could have ever been tricked into watching the show in the first place. It stars Viola Davis. It's a multi-gendered, multi-racial cast. There's really no. It's it doesn't seem like it would appeal to like the red meat white man conservative that Rush is. But apparently he was watching it. But it's no longer a show he enjoys. And he. <laughs> but it was only the weeks the weeks episode the episode from the week before and he says i forget which and then he describes the scene where the song was played he said two lesbians are sitting in the bar that was the scene they're getting all touchy feely and this techno music started with the captioning had the lyrics because i guess rush limbaugh watches captioning on his tv because he doesn't listen who knows and the lyric said can't do without you i said i've never heard this so i shazammed it what the hell was this <laughs> there was dialogue they were talking i could just hear the bass rhythm which is what hooked me so i shazammed it and they told me it was i can't do without you by caribou he actually did like a nice kind of tidy job of describing the track <laughs> for someone that probably doesn't like have a complete grasp on that lexicon he also he went on to say there's a single and an extended mix which is six minutes the extended <laughs> mix is this one like you have rush limbaugh talking about an extended mix okay but then okay tell him what happened with with the numbers of the track okay so the official video for this track can't do without you which came out like a year and a half ago yeah has six hundred thousand plays now after rush the version that he posted which is the audio only because he linked to the track on YouTube. Right. It's audio only. Seven million plays. Right. So he got the rush bump. The rush bump. <laughs> the rush bump hath been given to... And if you look in the comments, it's like, Rush sent me. I'm here because of Rush. Right. Okay. So I'm kind of like of two minds about this because I agree with Dan Snape that I would not run, want Rush Limbaugh or a person like him touching my music or like using my music totally. to promote himself totally but as an artist you also don't know where your music is going to go and who it's going to get to and i feel like 
if I were in that position, I would want it to reach people who would never necessarily hear it otherwise. I think it's, I would, I think it might be one of those things where, as if as a person, Dan Snaith has his political beliefs; they are not aligned with Russia's. Right. And so he felt felt compelled to say what he said. Fuck off. Right. He made it very clear. But seven million plays on your track. I mean, you're you're cashing a YouTube check on that. I mean, it's, that's significant. Right. Right. And like, you're getting a lot of people to hear your music that would have never heard your music before. Yeah. Like they're not playing Caribou on AM radio (laughs) in the Midwest. I know because I just came from there. Yeah. You you were just in the Midwest uh, and and your hometown of Green Bay. That's right. That's right. I was there last week. And what do people listen to in Green Bay? You know, it's so funny because I I brought uh, my boyfriend with me. And he, he's not from the Midwest. And so he could never really understand why I had such like a deep passion and deep knowledge for classic rock. And then we got to Wisconsin and he's like, oh, it's because it's the only thing that they play. Is it really? That's, that's it? And I never really like saw it from his perspective um, so deeply, but that's basically true. Like you can hear, you can hear Bon Jovi, you can hear Boston, you hear a lot of like, uh, country music obviously but green bay radio god bless it because it's what gave me my musical education but it's very much stuck in 1988 oh wow minus like kiss fm and then you get like dj snake so you have like your choice between like dj snake taylor swift rihanna on on your top top 40 right and then you have like classic rock then you have loads of classic rock on like six stations green bay briefly had a hip-hop station (laughs) yeah And I remember, because it used to be the station, remember that show, uh, Delilah? Yeah, of course. Okay, thank you. I, actually, she's still on the air. No, I know, I know. Shout I know. out Delilah. I know. She's amazing, and I had, like, a lot of special moments with her program. But... For, wait, for anyone who doesn't know, Delilah is, is a, she hosts a call-in radio show late at night, and people call in from all, all across the country to give dedications of a song to somebody. Right, and sometimes they just, like, tell their story, yeah. you know, of, like, I, I've just had a child, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then Delilah will lovely, lovingly select the song that is right for your particular scenario, and it's usually like something about boys to men, or wait, like... but you're, you're you're choosing like the most positive kind of Delilah caller. Well, sometimes they're really sad. Often they're like, <laughs> James has been a trucker for the last fifteen years. He misses his wife, Mary Lou, but he's sorry he cheated on her. Right. James wants Mary Lou to know that. He still loves her. Well, the thing I love about Delilah is that you can call her and, like, tell her that you've basically fucked up. You know, like, yeah. I'm James and I've cheated on my wife because I'm a trucker. But she'll always have compassion Wait, for you. not all truckers like, cheat. Well, no, but, like, he's on the road, you know? Like, <laughs> I can't help He's it. in a position where he's not with his wife a lot and he cheated on her. Yeah. But Delilah will never judge you. No, she's you know? not judge. She does not kill the vibe. She, she <laughs> keeps it a judgment-free zone. Um, I mean, I don't think that... I'm not I'm not getting down or turned to wind beneath my wings on her program, which I feel like is that kind of soft rock. 100%. Yeah, light pop. But what I'm saying is, so there was a station that yeah. played like Delilah and Delilah type music. Uh-huh. And then one day I turned it on. I was driving out of the high school parking lot and it was Ja Rule. Whoa. And I was like, this is a whole new world. But that station did not last in Green Bay. Holla. Uh, That's my Ja Rule. Yeah. They went back to like the Bon Jovi format, which again I'll say I have absolutely no problem with. But... So na- so now because of Rush, some some people are getting exposed to Caribou that weren't before. Exactly. So I think well I like I said totally get Dan Snaith being pissed off. It's also benefiting him. Can I can I also tell you what the I think the saddest twist of this is? What? Um, Rush is being uh, blasted for being a Caribou fan, but. The week before, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama released their Spotify workout playlists. <laughs> and they're total, like, mom and dad playlists. Like, let's not, like, we can't impose a lot of coolness on either one of them. They listen to the things that's like, oh, like, that's cool. I heard that on the radio once. It's a random mix. But on uh, President Obama's playlist was Iconopop Emergency. And that's not cool. I mean, <laughs> no, no shade to Iconopop, but like, that's like a random, I think that's even like an album cut. And so here you have Rush Limbaugh listening to Caribou and our president, who we think is so cool. is. Well, do you think the president is really picking up those playlists? Uh, Katie, 
who else? What? I don't... I'm just saying, I want to like seed the idea in your field of awareness that it might not be completely Barack affiliated. Let's, let's move on. Okay. What do you got? On. What do you got? Uh, Billboard put out its 40 under 40. Yeah. We I know we we both previously talked about this. We were like, uh, I mean, it's great for the people that are on the list. I feel yeah, and so I feel like these lists just serve to make everyone listening right now, and it, whether or not you work in the music industry, just know that anytime you see one of these power lists or like the top twenty five under twenty five or whatever, all those lists do is make everybody who's not on them who does the same thing as the people who are on them, <laughs> feel like shit. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no, like, I mean, yeah, people post, oh, I'm so proud of my friend for making it onto this list. But that's bullshit because you're not really proud of your friend. You just don't want to be seen as the person who's jealous. Well, everyone likes to be on a list. Everyone loves to be on a list. Being listed. I guess there are some lists that you don't want to be on. Yeah, I don't know. I think being on a, a negative <laughs> I'll list. I'll be on any list. Yeah. What do you got? But, Sign and me up. If you want to be on the any of these power lists, and frankly, this Billboard one is fine. I mean, I, I know a number of the people on it. They, they, they're they great. Um, but if you are on this list, you have been submitted. There's a submission process. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's an important point. Yeah. It's a PR move. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, pointers for everyone out there. If you want to be on a list, just start... <laughs> Tossing your name yeah. to people. But yeah, I mean congrats to everybody on the Congratulations. On the list. All Congratulations. Four of you. <laughs> we're not we're not jealous at all. We're not we don't we didn't even bother to write down any of your names. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to my actual friends who are on the list. Uh question for you, Katie. Tell me. Do you like Thai food? I love Thai food. Yeah. So you you eat Thai food in Thai restaurants? I would say that I order Thai food into my house uh, more okay. than I go out to eat it. But yeah, you know, a little um, both. Yeah. Well, for anyone who's been inside a Thai restaurant in most places, I've seen this in different continents, there is almost always a photo of the king of Thailand. His name was, or I mean, he's still, it's still his name, King. Uh, yeah, how do you pronounce Bo- this? Tell me. Bumibol Aduya Day. That's very good. Thank you. Did you Google that? Uh, the pronunciation? I know I know Thai people. I'm serious. <laughs> Even better. Okay. Yeah. Props. Um anyway, he passed away uh earlier in October. He was he was revered, I think, like no other head of state in the world. And people this has like been well known for years. He's that's why his photo is in Thai restaurants, because it's not just like the president of Thailand. It's not even like Queen Elizabeth. He's beloved by Thai people. And he passed away in, in early October. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I think, most unexpected uh, consequences of his death, uh, and he was in his 80s. It's not like it was it was completely out of nowhere. Yeah, he was old. Yeah. He had a good life, actually. I read his New York Times obituary today. Uh, I recommend uh, it, actually. Interesting guy. Yeah. <laughs> but... But yeah, so one of the weird consequences is that the Wonderfruit Festival has decided to postpone its event from de- in Thailand from December to February. And they issued the statement saying, uh, you know, as we face the passing, passing of His Majesty King Bumabul Aduya Day, we announced the postponement of Wonderfruit. And, you know, they basically say they're doing this out of deference and out of respect for this period of mourning, but I don't, I think it's a little more complicated than that. Well, tell me why you <clears throat> think that. Well, Thailand's a country that's been in turmoil for the last few years. There was a coup in 2014. Right. They effectively have a military dictatorship. The prime minister is from the military. It's like, it, democracy does not exist. It's always been kind of a weird place in terms of what we consider democracy because there's no real freedom of speech if you were to ever... Right, that's a very strict law there. What is it called? Yeah. Like, Leeson... Leeson... Med- something. I'm going to find out. But it's, it's, a it's, it's a law that you cannot say anything negative about the ruling family. Yeah. So, and you will be punished. Like, yeah. they take it very seriously. Like, they, they'll send you to jail. Even if you're a tourist. Not just if you're a Thai citizen. So, um, yeah, so, so I, I think that having a fest a music festival in thailand right now is just not not regardless of the situation with the king it's an unstable part of the world 
And you think that this festival is being pushed purely because of like an underlining political turmoil that's manifesting right now because of his death? I think that they basically have real legitimate security and logistical concerns. I think that's that's probably true. Although other festivals have been delayed and like shows have been canceled. Like Oasis was supposed to play in Bangkok. I think in Bangkok, and they canceled that show. Like the period of mourning is really real. They're going to hand out black ribbons to tourists as they enter the country, and tourists they are not required to do it, but it's been suggested that you wear all black if you're touring the country in the next like period of time. Even the prostitutes I saw in a news piece are wearing all black. I feel like that would make it really conducive for a techno event then. Right, which is why it's really unfortunate this Wonder Food event is being delayed. Yeah. Is that improv? Uh, are we gonna get <laughs> that? That would. That we're not in Thailand. Us, we can't go there now. In jail we've, in just, we've just dissed the king. But tell, uh, you know a little bit about the Confluence. That's the group that puts on this festival. Well, no, they're the publicists for the festival. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah so they released the statement. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who puts on this festival, but I've heard really good things about it. Okay. It sounds like you know. If, it's been compared in a review to even like Coachella in terms of the art and the stage design that they have, but I think it would most neatly correlate, at least from what I've heard, to like a lightning in a bottle or one of those yeah. really cool West Coast festivals. Um, but I've heard good things, and the lineup is always really good and super sort of underground, electronic music heavy, and you know they have a big focus on sustainability and yeah, you know, vegan foods or what have you. Stay tuned, I guess. Stay tuned. But I think it'll happen. And I think it's probably, you know, if you're in Thailand, one worth checking out. Yeah. If you're in Thailand in February, the the event is now uh, 16th through the 19th of February. I mean, I guess if you're in Thailand, if you want to go to Thailand, I can't imagine too many people are just passing through. Um, but I, I do think, based on what I've read, not in the in the music press, but in the in like the international affairs. Uh, different section. Of yeah, a different paper. section of the yeah. paper. Uh, it's... It's it's touchy right right there right now. So I think right because this guy was very beloved. Like he was sort of yeah. the cultural touchstone, despite all of the sort of uh, disagreements politically in Thailand. They loved this guy. Say his name again. Say his name. Bulma, King Bulmabul Adoyade. Nice. And they don't feel the way that way about his son. His son is kind no. of seeing this kind of a cad. A cad. Um, I think the the quote was like international party boy jet setter. Yeah. So like a douchey whore. Not beloved. Not beloved. Yeah. Not and he's he's not young either. I mean, his dad is eighty. Is the the heir is in his sixties. Um, I don't think. Uh, he should reel it in. It's time to shut down. <laughs> yeah. Get serious. The crunken. Um, but so the I guess. Crunken. <laughs> uh, Tide festivals. TBD. Um, FYF. FYF Festival. Yeah. If you guys are listening and are not located in Los Angeles, FYF is a really cool festival that happens here every August. But now. It, but now we learned today that it's moving to July. 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 Which, you know, I'm sure the reason, my theory is that the reason has something to do with the fact that the area in Los Angeles, near the Coliseum, where they have the event now, yeah. is under construction. And yeah. they probably just can't do it with what's going on there, you know, with, with what they're building or whatever. I can't, I mean, so, right, so the Coliseum is the, is the big stadium. The Olympic Stadium from what, 84? Oh, well, it was first used in 32. Damn. And then okay. again in 84. Thank you. And, uh, thir- wait, 32, 1928, sorry. All right. You guys... It's legendary, this, this historic place. It's, it's huge. But right now it's hosting both uh, the USC football team and the NFL team that's waiting for its stadium to be built across town. The Rams. Yeah. They're back. But then they're also building a soccer stadium. They're, FYF, what? Yeah, that's what's being built there next oh, to the Coliseum. Oh, I didn't know that. So the FYF is never coming back to that location again. Oh, oh, oh. So that's interesting. Yeah. So they've obviously found another location and they're just not ready to reveal. Right. That's what we think. That's what we that think. That seems feasible. But I, but I also I agree with your recommendation. If you are not in LA, people often don't come to LA in July, thinking because it's you know the summer it might be too hot. But it doesn't get really hot here until August. July is a great time to visit. And it it's is a great festival. It's a great festival. There were a lot of people this year, but maybe if they have indeed found a new location, they can spread everyone out a little bit more. Oh yeah, because I heard it was crowded. It was I, very uh, crowded, but the lineup was really good. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, other side of the country, Verboten, which was enraptured in, in a 
scandal. Blaze of glory, I'm going to call it. Yeah. It went down fast and furious and just like in, a, in an epic fashion. And sexually, too. Yeah. There was a full, I mean, full on, and we don't want to get into the weeds on that, but. Google it. Google guys. it. Michelle Luke from Thump had really great coverage about she it. She did. She killed it on that. Yeah. Yeah. I've. If I felt a little protective. I was like, oh, crap, is she going to get, is someone going to put a hit on, on her? Because that happens in New York with nightclubs. You say the wrong thing. It's like Thailand. You can, <laughs> except instead of jail, you're going to like nightclub. But she's fine. Um, Eddie Dean, who had owned, uh, was a part owner of. Pacha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bought the venue. And there have been signs going up around Brooklyn saying that a new club is going in there called Shemansky. Shemansky? Is it a is it a Polish nightclub? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know um, how Slavic it is or isn't. But uh... <laughs> the important question is how Slavic is this club? Um, yeah. What else have you heard? That's it. No one's. There's just not, no one really knows anything. I mean, there was no way that that property was going to stay empty for long. That's prime real estate. In, yeah. in Williamsburg. But you think like if that part of Williamsburg has also been so developed with condos and like rich assholes from Manhattan who are like, oh, Brooklyn's so cool. I wonder how long, I mean, output's right down the street. I wonder mm-hmm. how long either of those clubs are really going to be able to survive. I mean, they're, if anyone's in danger of being shut down because of noise complaints or just general yuppie douchiness, it's them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, tweet at us if I'm wrong, but I feel, from what I remember, that Williamsburg kind of came up around at least output. Yeah. Like, that club was there before the neighborhood gentrified, yeah. and it got awesome partially because that club is so great. Totally. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, lastly, I want to give uh, a shout out and pay some respects to Pete Burns, the lead singer of Dead or Alive. He passed away earlier this week at the age of 57. And he first broke through. Everyone knows the song Right Round. Sing a little bit. I, I, I did not mean to put you on the spot. But so people you know what it is. You spin me right round, baby, right round. I think that's all we can afford. Probably. That's good enough. Now everyone knows. Everyone knows. Yeah. But he also, uh, so that was produced by Stock Aitken Waterman, this production trio that took this, what was called this high NRG sound that was in the underground clubs of London in the 80s. And they they wrapped it around these pop tracks and they produced records for Kylie and Bananarama, Rick Astley, mm. Never Gonna Give You Up. It's the same production group. Interesting. Yeah. Did they have anything to do with, I'm just going on a limb here, Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Because that Relax song kind of reminds me of... Right round. I, d- I mean, all those groups, same time. Stock Aitken, Waterman themselves. I don't believe I worked with Frankie, okay, just, but just putting it out there. But yeah, but same kind of th- same kind of idea of like of performativity and like gender fluidity in their performance that mm. that that mm-hmm. Pete Burns is really known for. Um, Do we know how he passed? He was fifty-seven, so I nothing good. Right. But he had had uh, over three hundred cosmetic procedures. He was a kind of plastic surgery addict. It's kind of how he's been known in the UK tabloids recently. I'm gonna say it. He looked amazing. Google this guy. He looked good. I mean, get three hundred things done to your face. You fucking better. Well, or you look terrible. You look like that Catwoman. I could have gone there. Yeah, but he did it right. He looked really good. I I'm, I should read this quote in his honor because I think it was just a great thing to say. He said, everyone's in drag of some sorts. I don't give a fuck about gender and drag. I'm not trying to be a girl by putting on a dress. Gender is separated by fabric. Well, that's interesting. That's nice. It kind of defines how he was known in the last part of his life. Yeah. 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 Well, rest in peace. Um, speaking of drag, we've Phyllis Navidad here as well as Marina Dewey. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll be talking to them. Stay tuned. Back and joining us in the studio, two lovely people who have nothing to do with each other, but I think after tonight, they're going to be lifelong friends. Marina Dewey. Hi. And Phyllis Navidad. Hi. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks uh, for coming. Phyllis, uh, a lot of people in L.A. know you because you run the door at a club called Rhonda. I do, yeah. I've been there now for um, going on six years now. And I just wanted to say thank you for the Pete Burns lead-in. I'm really honored by that. Yeah? I, I saw that. I caught that. That was nice. Do you feel uh, Do you feel a connection to Pete? 
Yeah, I mean, I have sort of like a two degree separation from him, kind of like some of the drag queens that I like learned how to do drag from in San Francisco in like the early 2000s were part of a touring drag show called Tranny Shack and they went to London and then one of my drag aunties was in the show in London and this like crazy character of a person came up to her and was like oh my god you're so amazing and and her being like two years sober sort of like not like she came to perform but she's not very like into the whole like grab me touch me club word Mm, yeah yeah. you know she was like thank you and (laughs) and then someone that she was with from london was like do you know who that was and she was like no not really and she's like that's pete burns and she like ran back ran back to pete burns and was like oh my god please come backstage and like hecklina who was who is the you know creator of tranny shack brought her on stage and like talked to um talked to her and stuff and 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 that was Pete Burns, they said, you know, was that ideology of gender is just sort of like a social normative thing that doesn't have anything to do with who we are as yeah. people. So, yeah, I, I absolutely have a connection to that. Totally. Well, I think it's like what I think a lot of us, especially now in the U.S., forget is how intricately tied drag and clubbing are oh absolutely yeah i mean uh drag came from the idea of stepping out and i think the even in the 20s you know like when men used to dress up underground and do like the ball scene which really was the beginning of drag was the ball scenes like in new york in the 20s and stuff like there's that movie the queen um by uh Jack Dorishaw, and you can really see like the original like House of Labasia and Crystal Labasia, like you can see them all there in these original balls that they did, and uh, they were the it was the original idea of like stepping out, and and then they it turned into a party, you know, yeah, and so and and London had a huge part to do with it because there was Lee Bowery, you know, who was part drag queen, part club kid. And people in the States who think of clubs as, like, Michael Alec and Party Monster and James St. James, well, like, Lee Bowery was doing that two years before them. And I'm assuming did not uh, pour Drano down anyone's throat. No. Yeah. No, he killed himself of his own accord. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God. Well, I mean, he didn't, he didn't physically kill himself, but he, he, kind of, he died of AIDS, unfortunately, yeah. and, and was known to be really really outgoing as far as like sex is concerned and in a time when you know there was no meds at all so he passed away but and far too soon i he's by far my favorite jag artist so yeah well i think i think it's cool that uh that now it seems like more mainstream music mainstream but mixed music events are making a space for drag like Rhonda is hosting Circle Loco this weekend for Halloween, and uh, well, not tonight, for Halloween. actually. Yeah, for exactly for uh, for the big Halloween weekend celebration. And Circle Loco is the by kickoff. no means like a like a, a drag or a gay event, but there's room for for the queens to come through. Yeah, I mean, Rhonda. It's the coolest part about what we have done since the beginning is like we've coined the term polysexual. So it's bringing everybody together. And like the old and I turn back to London, actually, because like the old clubs of London, like Fabric and and uh, those, you know, early Ministry of Sound days when it was just like the queens would be sort of like holding court and they would be like early um djs like uh what's his name <laughs> the one that was um fabric what's his name wait which i'm thinking of um he remixed all the madonna he's short oh J- junior vasquez uh no that's new york um who am i thinking of i don't know T- uh, anyway, you know come, it's gonna about, it's gonna us. come it's gonna come to me like at the most random yeah. moment. Anyway, but like you know, I it, bringing everybody together in a way that's kind of sort of unheard of, you know, and that's what Rhonda has always been about, and it works. Yeah, and it's and this show tonight in particular 
is really bringing together a lot of Wait, why do you say it like people. that? Why do you say it like that? Well, I mean, because like Circo Loco and, and Sound Nightclub, you know, which is our, our collaborators, are traditionally quite straight. And I think that for a long, for, well, not for a long time, but for like the last year, couple years, like Rhonda has really just been thought of as a gay club. Mm. When we don't think of ourselves as particularly gay and like our... Are, or what that term means, you know, like we are polysexual, we are like everybody together and we are everybody t- together having fun listening to like Roots music, you know? Yeah. Um, I, fr- and, I personally know more straight people who go at this point than gay people. But when you say that like the even those straight people will say like, oh, we're, we're taking me to a gay club. You yeah. Know, I hear, yeah, I hear that mm-hmm. a lot and I'm just like, well, okay. Well, do you find that perception has maybe... Uh, grown as Rhonda's become more popular and you're attracting people who like are coming to clubs for maybe the first time like what are you seeing at the door in terms of people that are now attending these these parties uh what I see more at the door is a lot more of a younger crowd for sure like the shift has happened as far as like a whole generation is concerned which makes me feel real old (laughs) but um (laughs) It's good, though, you know, like to see like a lot more kids come out and we get to teach them about sort of music that they would never right. really know. And it teaches me, too, because I'm like, who is playing tonight? Like, I have never heard of that person. <laughs> ever. And, you know, like w- we have people like Jacques Renault and like sort of like there's a bridge of people right. that will sort of bring like a generation of house music and a generation of like what people call EDM now. Yeah. And and disco too. I so. think actually that's I mean we we talk about how cool it is that a club called Ronda is so polysexual and there are more places like that now popping up in clubbing cities, but multi-generational clubs are really hard to do. And yeah. I mean not like it's not like your grandpa's going to be there, but you know, to to have an event where someone who is 21 can have as much fun as someone who is 51, that's pretty cool. But, I mean, having, like, someone like Nikki Ciano, yeah. you know, your grandpa might as well be DJing exactly. when <laughs> Nikki Ciano <laughs> is there. But but it's good, yeah. and, and the, there are these classic tracks and music that these 21-year-olds from USC that only know, like, Skrillex or something are listening to and then hopefully they're going home and like looking it up or so that's really cool about it pretty much. I also think if you're listening right now I would I would recommend checking out whatever you can get that has Nicky Siano's name on it because I guarantee that if you listen to one of his mixes even if it's old someone converted it from a cassette tape to digital for you uh, I guarantee that you will hear it and not believe how old it is. That mm-hmm. shit holds up. Mm-hmm. It sounds current. Totally. Yeah. And he looks amazing, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Like, we had him for Miami for Winter Music Conference, and I was like, damn, I want to look like that. <laughs> how old is he? Uh, gosh, I mean, he's got to be, like, in his late 50s. That was his early, yeah, 60s. early 60s. Yeah. It's always a, such a crapshoot, though, because yeah. you can live hard and party hard. And, right. We all know DJs that are like 24 and they look like. But he was also like, I think he was the tail end of like 54. Like he wasn't there for like the beginning ish part of that Mm. whole. Like he Mm -hmm. was sort of like the on the tail end. If I'm getting my info right, I could be. If someone listens to this, people. He wasn't. He was young during in the studio 54 days. He was not. He was not one of the older ones. Right. Yeah. Not like um, Paradise Garage. Right. Yeah. Larry Lee Bond and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, Marina, tell us, uh, tell us what you have been up to. Um, I finished off the festival season, I think. I went to Beach Goth. was like the last thing I went to. Oh, tell us Yeah, about tell it. us about that. Because we are, we are hearing all sorts of things. Because <laughs> I feel like I want to be more goth all the time. <laughs> and I've never felt that way, but I'm curious about the show. Like, I don't... Like, when I go to Rhonda, I just wear black because I'm like, that's my... That's my uniform. Yeah. Um, really good music, too many people. It kind of had a, an FYF kind of vibe where it had just like a really amazing lineup so much diverse But music. the lineup was ridiculous. It was, it was crazy. like TLC and Bon Iver and who Patty else? Patti Smith yeah. and Nicholas Jar and right. Justice. Like, Why was it called Beach Goth? 
you know, I'm not really sure. The Growlers, they started it. They kind of got like a a surf rock vibe. Like a, I guess it's kind of like a gothy surf rock. Wait, we should tell people that are not in Los Angeles. Beach, Beach Goth was a festival that happened this past weekend in... Where was it? Her, her it was in it was in Santa Ana actually. It was okay. at the Observatory, which is um, like a two room club. So it has the big room, which is the Observatory, and then a smaller room, which is the oh, that's, that's uh, constellation. Cool venue. And yeah, Santa Ana is in Orange County, mm-hmm. so it's a little outside of like L.A. Yeah, yeah. it's a little tricky. It was yeah. supposed to be at Irvine Lake because it's expanded so much. They've always had it at the Observatory, but this year they wanted to do it at Irvine Lake because they are bigger and they had bigger acts, and then. Um, a little birdie told me I had a friend that works for actual, um, like the Silverado city area. Sure. And, um, they had had a festival there. I think I, it was pretty recently. Day to night. Yeah. I heard exactly. it was a mess. I, it's exactly. And it was under promoted. Yeah. There wasn't even that as many people that they were expecting. A mess because people weren't there or? No, it was terribly organized really bad like stuck, stuck in the car for like four hours until no. like 3 a.m you can't mm-hmm. come back from that yeah no. it, it, it sounded like there's it, also it, no excuse for that i think the reasoning part of the reasoning it's a dead zone in there you don't get any reception and so the communication wasn't good but yeah, whatever like any any yeah. promoter should have like did you do a, a site survey a before lot of you walkie talkies yeah anyways yes i had heard about that being a nightmare mm-hmm. yeah so i mean this is all just hearsay for on my part you know i'm not really 100 percent sure of what was said by who but i'm assuming that because of that and everyone lake had had problems with festivals in the past like as much as lightning in a bottle was an amazing festival and one of the cleaner festivals i think just the amount of people it's going to take the land is going to take a toll no matter what at a certain point when there's so many people even if people are picking up their trash and their cigarette butts so i think after that logistically they're just like i don't think we want to bother so then like last minute they changed it back to the observatory but they had sold tickets to the space that the irvine lake had offered so it was just too many people crammed like i feel like this is a goth nightmare it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. It was pretty like. Isn't that what goths crave though? Yeah, it's, it's true. like a little bit of a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> really, this is. sucks. I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then it rained, which was kind of cool, but that's so goth. Yeah, it's so goth. Oh, that's amazing. All the yeah. stars aligned for this. Festival. Yeah, it really did. Okay, but, okay. What I really wanted is how was TLC? Amazing. I mean, no. There was. I thought it was pretty great. It how was. Can, it was a walk down memory lane. There's I mean, only left one. eye. Yeah. There's two. Wait. There's two. Oh, there's two. It was left eye. No, well, it well, was not left, left eye. It was chili and tea. But um, it was just kind of one of those. Slept. I know. <laughs> there. It was one R. of those R. things. Lisa Left Eye Lopez. It's been 15 years. Wow. That was crazy when she died. That was so yeah. sad. Yeah. Remember when she burned Andre Risen's house down? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That was like That was also sh- crazy. She was kind of my spirit animal. Yeah, that yeah. was a move. I think it was like 18. That, that's a, let's all <laughs> say it. I mean, how many times have you wished that you could burn your ex's house down? Right. And she did it. She did oh, it for did all it. of us. I remember hearing about it, and I was just like, would have done that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> of course. She yeah. had his football number tattooed on her back. Not, like, she yeah. loved him. Yeah. And he fucked up. Yeah. Get your house burned down. He paid. Yeah. Anyway, so they they were good. I mean, it was one of those things where I don't, I wouldn't really ever go see them if they were playing at some. You wouldn't go chasing that waterfall. But the fact that I wouldn't chase that waterfall on purpose. But the fact that they were there, it was kind of one of those people I just never thought I'd see. And so seeing that and hearing their songs, and I'm short, so I I can't really ever see anything anyway. So I'm just (laughs) listening. And at the end, there were some weird backgrounds. Looked like. A screensaver of some kind of like <laughs> like photos the waterfalls of video eye. itself. Yeah, yeah and then okay. they were showing like the weird liquid kind of abyss parts from waterfalls. Remember that part? That yeah. weird animation. Oh yeah. But um, I they're, mean, they were dance, good. They were dancing on water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had no expectations really. I just wanted to hear the songs that I wanted to hear, and they played them. So that was fun. The crowd was feeling it, but I couldn't really see too much what was actually happening up there. I can tell you. Uh, that in the 90s when there were when TLC was first popping off I don't think that any goth people at the time would have been like 
Well, this is our group. Mm, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely why I not. thought when I when you said the lineup, yeah. I was like, whoa. It was a strange... I mean, there was people... The Addicts were there, so that was cool. Got a little punk action in there. And then there was a, definitely a huge diversity. There was a huge drama with Nicholas Jar. He drew, like, a huge part of the crowd. What happened? The, I know. <laughs> Tell me everything. I mean, it wasn't him. It wasn't a personal thing. It was logistical again. And it okay. was because one of the stages he was playing at got completely flooded. So all these people... The stage was just shut down. Wow. So nobody knew what was going on everyone just assumed that he wasn't playing and then uh, a friend of mine checked his twitter and he happened to play inside the observatory they moved him oh. so a lot of people didn't even know oh, that oh, sucks no. yeah and did so you, did you get to go yeah How i was went it? in there it was great i mean another Probably thing better, too it was actually and he yeah. played a more up-tempo set you know i don't know if you guys have seen him but he's sometimes he refuses takes to drop a beat. yeah yeah he's kind of a puppet master he'll mess with your head a little bit he'll like start kind of leading up to some kind of drop or disco beat and then just like sucks it back and gets really mellow and everyone's confused but um and then but it takes you eventually to a place where it's danceable and then but I love that whole aspect of it I love that he kind of just takes you on a weird journey but this was he kept it pretty up tempo the second we from the second we walked in there everyone was dancing that's good it seems because we've given him I wouldn't say a hard time, but we've kind of like mentioned that he can be a very intellectual person. <laughs> so it's nice to hear that he was very much responding to the crowd and like giving people what they wanted. Yeah, and especially after that day where he, I think he knew that people were upset that they, a lot of people probably just thought he wasn't going to play at all. And it had been pouring rain the whole like, like, I guess it was like the main drag of the, of the festival where all the vendors and food was basically just turned into a giant river. Ugh. So it was kind of just a rough day and you for a lot stayed? of people. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I stayed till the, I stayed till justice. Till I would have been like, act. get me that Uber helicopter <laughs> the hell out of here. I am not. She's a trooper. She it was pretty. I mean, it was cool. I mean, and it was worth it to see justice. I haven't seen them in years. And oh, how were they? They were interesting. They played us. <laughs> interesting is always <laughs> like some hard style. All right. Yeah, they played some like hard style that kind of was cool and some throwback classic rock and then oh, wow. they're like classic Justice sounding songs and some Chemical Brothers and you know, they played a whole array. That of sounds things. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was cool though. It was fun. That actually, was I'm, I'm glad that you just told me that because it makes me unexcited to hear their next album. <laughs> Did you like the single? Did you hear it? It was okay. It was okay. That's yeah. how I felt too. Yeah. They're never going to reclaim the glory of Cross. Yeah. Across. It will. I mean, I, the last album I thought was was good, but. I thought it was interesting. It, it won't. The, the first the 15 seconds of Cross, you're just like, okay. Yeah, like, it's just something new. It was, that album was also really great timing for them in clubs yes. as yeah. well. Like totally, it's around here where we are. Like they, the whole um, when Cinespace was doing their Tuesday night yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, they had just started really. Wasn't their first LA show at like iHeart Comics? Most likely, at Safari sounds, Sam's. It sounds right. Yeah. Safari Sam's. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I remember like hearing tales of that show, and it was a religious experience for people. Yeah. No more religion. Um, <laughs> question for Justice, at least. Are you guys doing costumes for Halloween? Yeah. Uh, are you kidding? Well, okay. <laughs> Do you know just who so you're you, talking to? Right? Right? Just so you guys know, uh, Phyllis is not in drag tonight. So no. what do you, is this like civilian wear? What do you call it? Your civvies? I'm civvies. actually, I identify as male. <laughs> Normally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My civvies? What is a civvy? Well, it's like what? Like your civilian clothes. It's my, what people my, in the military that, say when okay, they're out of I'm, uniform. All right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. These are my civvies. Yeah. Um, but yes, I Which, will be Which, by the way, fully... you can't you can't see, but they're really cool. Like, oh, thank you. the civvies are something that we should all aspire <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. Even? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Even unbeat. <laughs> well, I work in fashion otherwise, so. Ah, okay. Wow, that's I guess that good. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, I'll be in costume tonight. I'm excited for you, sure. Can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a, I'm working on a Velociraptor. Look. Shut up! Oh, be wow. That's not crazy. what I was expecting yeah. you to say. That's no one so expects rad. that. Yeah, and I well, no one expects I, a Velociraptor. No, no, no. people look at me and they're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Wow, yeah." Creativity, huh? Crazy. So are you like paper mache or what's the process? No, I mean, it's going to be like, uh, I'm thinking it's like, it's, well, I know it's like a gown and then it's just a big fanned out sort of thing that I've made and then a headpiece with this, with makeup that's going to, you know, work basically. That's fantastic. It's going to work because I tell it to. How long does it take you to do your full beat? It depends. I mean, it depends so, on what wait, I'm doing. I sh- I'm sorry, I asked that yeah. question, but so in drag, getting your 
face covered in makeup, like doing your makeup is called getting beat down. Beat down. You beat down your face. With Putting makeup. your beating yeah. your face. Okay. Okay. Beating <laughs> your face. It comes from the idea of like a pad just beating your face with powder, <laughs> so yeah. it gets right into your pores and it doesn't come out. Um, but yeah, it takes. I mean, it depends. You know, it depends on what kind of look I'm doing. If I'm just doing like a simple sort of like day look, like when we do like for example the Majion series, like yeah. for Labor Day pool parties, that's just like a simple day look. So I can do that in like an hour. But, I mean, believe it or not, I used to perform. So I used to do Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood, like, every Friday, sometimes Wednesday and Friday nights for, for like, two years. So, and this was way before RuPaul's Drag Race. So I was, like, on the show there at, for the burlesque slash drag show. and uh, Which was the place for drag in L.A. The place for drag in L.A. and the place for bachelorette parties that uh. wanted to see drag in LA so um but yeah I would get there like an hour ahead of time and like throw my face on and some and we we all sort of did backstage we would just like time ourselves and see how fast we could get our face on so I had it you know down to like an hour but if it's like a high art ish if you're going as a velociraptor it's yeah like, that's yeah. Gonna, it's gonna take me a little bit more than a couple hours. Marina, how long will it take good. to get your costume on this weekend? My guess is 30 minutes, I think, nice. tops. Wait, what is it? What are you doing? Um, it's basically just two two to three pieces. I want to be William Wallace. Prince. <laughs> brave, brave heart. <laughs> Who is but that? Actual, he's actually a person. William Wallace, like, a, like, like the Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson half-blue, yeah. half-white face. So basically three pieces, maybe two. Like a... A yard of plaid fabric, blue face paint, and a sh- oh, maybe I'll carve a shillelagh if I could. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Wait, just some braids. You know, tell, tell us of the thought process behind your decision. Yeah, it's odd costume. because it's been a costume. Of, it's kind of like a backup costume, actually. Like it's that costume that's been in the back of my head. I'm like, well, if I can't figure out something better to do, I guess I'll just be William Wallace because it's only going to take two items to really be that. So that's what this year has become. Are you going to go around saying? They can take our lives. <laughs> they can never take <laughs> our, freedom. our freedom. And also, I, just, I love you. Always uh, have. Is that what he said? I, yeah. I've literally never seen Braveheart, guys. That's actually funny. They quote it in basketball, and I'm actually quoting basketball, quoting Braveheart, really. Okay. But it's that's my backup this costume. Like meta, and go meta. with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. It's easy. an easy one, and it's yeah. an identifiable one. You know? and it's like not popular. Like no. you're gonna be the only one. I mean, out it there. was maybe in the '90s yeah. when Braveheart yeah, came no, out. Yeah, no, like you really like. It's not you, like you, a stranger, it enough time. stranger Things themed. Well, if you said yeah. sexy nurse, I was gonna lose all respect for you. <laughs> yeah, I've only not. known you for. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna be a sexy nurse. No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna be a sexy nurse. <laughs> I should. I uh, wait. What are? Do you have a costume, Katie? Not yet. Not yet. There's a chance I might be a Game of Thrones character to join a group of other Game of Thrones characters, but mm. it's. Uh, and I would get to be Melisandre, which is kind of a good one. You don't watch it. Zella's staring at me, <laughs> blank face. I saw. She's the she's the red woman. The red witch. She's queen. a witch. Oh. Lord of Light cult brings Jon Snow back to life. Oh. Sorry, that was a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, but oh, they've seen it by now. She's a good one. You know what? We're not responsible for your Game of Thrones spoilers, everyone. <laughs> yeah, are very <laughs> up by now. God, that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, I remember thing. when that like was circling Facebook. I was like, I don't even want to watch this show now, y'all. Have you like, not I'm seen so it? Angry at each other about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I no, obviously I have not, but I just okay. remember the spoiler of the, and people just like yeah. on my feed, and I was like. No, I'm just going to watch, like, Mama's Family. Y'all can, <laughs> y'all can yell at each other about some Game of Thrones crazy <laughs> Um, Yeah, well, good for you. Being, yeah. It's you're fine. Not, okay, cool. It's good. It's fine. I don't costume. Zell hates costumes. Little known fact, Zell McCarthy does not dress up. I, you know what I really, I hate Halloween for one reason. It's because it's the time of year where people will say to me, who I don't know, people will say... Oh, is that your costume? <laughs> oh, my oh God. no. Yeah. And I'm not wearing anything. I'm just wearing my, I'm just looking like myself. Several years ago, my hair was a little shorter. And uh, they're like, oh, Andy Warhol got that like 20 times in a night. And I'm like, nope, not in costume. Wearing the exact same thing I would wear on September 31st. I know that's not a date. So I'm just, I'm also, I can't think of anything good ever. And I'm not good at doing it. So I don't like it. Is there one costume that would ma- possibly make you do it if you had the means to do it? I mean, it's, I I can't even think of it. 
I've I'm terribly unimaginative when it comes to costumes. <laughs> I always have been. Like there's a there's a history of this going back to my childhood of me just being bad at costumes. And it's I haven't recovered. I think kids are cute in costumes. I think most of the time, no offense guys, but I think grown ups look Oh, silly. but it is so fun. It's so it true. Is, though. It is fun. It most most like drag queens actually don't go out on Halloween. Really? Yeah, actually a lot unless you're getting like paid it's a job and you're doing yeah. which I've actually stayed in I stayed in last year but I've gone out for a job right and that's the only reason I've gone out because you Halloween is also the night that like a million drag queens are born and they die the same night you know <laughs> like it's just these guys yeah. that are like I'm gonna be you know Delta Burke from <laughs> so, you know and it's just like a terrible wig Maybe a little hint of blush. Like, there's no... They didn't even sh- bother to shave. There's no know. beat here. First right. time first time in heels. It's just... No. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad, and it, it makes the drag queen sad, and a little bit... <laughs> you know? It's well, like, it's... Yeah. The lazy costuming of it. I yeah. just... I, back in uh, my early career working in dance music, I would work often on Halloween nights because you could make good money. I was working at clubs doing door list or tickets or whatever, and uh, it was always the worst night to work just in terms of how people behaved because people put on a costume and they're like, I can be a total asshole. And it's like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. I worked at Playhouse two years ago with Raja, um, and she'll love that I told this story, but uh, we (laughs) we were together and we both got paid really well to go just hang out at Playhouse and she was like what are you going to be and I was like well I have this like amazing Joan Crawford look that I can do and like and she's like perfect I have Marilyn Monroe we'll be dead Marilyn and dead Joan I was like awesome so I like, went to her house we like beat our faces she helped me with my Joan Crawford lip and like we did it like in black and she was like super black like dead you know and we go to Playhouse on our scheduled time whatever. Playhouse is a club in Hollywood just a plan. yeah and it was just this like Halloween brunch club and like we're walking around and she's just like ugh and I'm just like well you know give it a chance hold on just maybe it'll mate and I was like I don't know girl and I was like well you know we can skip out in an hour so let's just do a couple laps and she's like okay and then we go to the bar and this girl comes up to me and she's like oh my god you look amazing and I was like thank you she's like who are you and it's just like and it's fine I mean I obviously look like Joan Crawford like if you know anything like baby Jane about Hollywood you know I mean and it's like an exaggerated (laughs) that's like the role the Liberty role is ginormous you know anyway so I just look at her and I was just like oh I'm Joan Crawford and I was like and that's Marilyn Monroe and she was like that's so cool and then she like grabbed her friend and she was like She's like, look at her. She's Cindy Crawford. Oh, and no. I was, and I told That's amazing. I told, <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, really, girl? And I turned to Raj and I just like told her the whole story. And she was like, that's it. We're out of here. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, you're right. <laughs> that that epitomizes my Halloween night experiences. Yeah, it can be rough a little bit. It can be a little bit. All right. Uh, let's talk about some new music, you guys. Crystal. What do you got for us this week? All right. So uh, today, Fabric London's in-house record labels, Fabric Records and Houndstooth, uh, announced that they're releasing a compilation to raise money as the club prepares to appeal its closure, which we talked about on this show a couple of weeks ago. Wait, so Fabric is releasing just a comp? Yeah, um, so they actually got a lot of artists to donate a, a either a previously unreleased track or alternate versions of old classics. That's cool. Who's who's on it? Um, let's see. We have uh, Scream, Dusky, and Todd Edwards, Simeon Mobile Disco, Paula Temple, and DJ Tennis. I mean, there are 111 tracks on this compilation. What? So what? Didn't you say it's like 12 pounds or something? It's nine ninety nine. They, um, they should charge more. Which comes out to about twelve and a quarter in okay. American dollars. Okay. Um, and but, so. But um, hang on, that's what. Like obviously, if you are an artist, you want to donate to this fabric thing to save fabric. But is it is a one hundred eleven track compilation actually any good? I bet they had so many people that wanted to be involved that they couldn't pare it down. Yeah. Like they reached out to people and they got such an overwhelming response. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's there was only there was only about a three week. A time period to, for the artists to turn it around. So they explained that a lot of artists wanted to do it, but just simply didn't have the time to. But they got 111 anyway. Yep. Well, that's a steal of a deal. 
Yeah, <laughs> for real. Even if you don't care about fabric, like you should probably like spend the ten bucks get yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, there's a new marshmallow single. Yes. So um, after. Uh, previewing his track back in July, uh, Marshmallow's finally coming out with his new single called Ritual featuring uh, LA singer-songwriter Rabel um, on Tuesday, November 1st. Um, Just after Halloween. Halloween. I wonder what he's going to go as. I mean, maybe Marshmallow will go as himself on Halloween night. No one would know. <laughs> no one would know. Maybe he'll go as like a, maybe he'll go as a cup of hot cocoa and he'll melt. Can we talk about the phenomenon of previewing your track? Like, how new is that? Where it's like, here's 30 seconds of a track I'm going to release three weeks later. He just showed a, a video when he was opening for uh, Demi Lovato and Nick Jonas on oh. their um, concert, whatever, future something, future love concert. That happened, everyone. I, the Crystal's not making that up. I'm not. I wish I was. It's a real thing. It seems okay. too surreal. Okay. Okay. Oh, so that was the preview. <laughs> yes. Okay. I got you. But still... The preview of the track is like a thing. It now. seems a little paltry, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna give you like one track in three weeks, and I know that's Just how it give works us the now. Track. I'm old. It's fine. It's fine. Just give us the track. Yeah, but um, he's going to do so yeah. shortly. So. so, I mean, if you you could actually be listening to us after Halloween, if you are, the track is out. Uh, <laughs> Hudson Mohawk announced an album. Tell us about it. Yes. Um, so Hudson Mohawk has been tapped to compose the soundtrack for Ubisoft video game War Dogs 2. And he's also he's releasing the soundtrack as an album of his own called Dead Sec. And it's for Warp Records. And it's out on November 11th. Veterans Day in America, everyone. Um, I, <laughs> I'm sure it was not a coincidence. No, not at all. I loved Hudmo's last album, Lantern. So I'll listen to this, even though I don't play video games. That's how committed I'll, I'll be. Yeah. Uh, Phyllis, what have you been listening to? Uh, well, I was listening to the last Nicholas... Ooh, sorry. Uh, I was listening to Nicholas Jar. I like a lot of mixes, too. I just saw Sia at the bowl, so Ooh, I just could that? not... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, she is honestly, I believe, one of our greatest living performers right now. Really? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, because she also has that energy of you know that there's like more in her. You know what I mean? Like mm. if you like if you when you see Bjork, you know, or like she's not so, giving you everything. Well, she's giving you just enough because that's the time that she's allotted. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like you can tell there's just so much more, and the yeah. whole show is such an extravaganza of like dance and like Kristen Wiig's in it. And, what? What did I Kristen Wiig do? She well, it's like a whole modern dance piece. So Sia just hangs out in the back and just fucking sings, and then it's um, modern contemporary dancers that do the, these, like, dances pretty much to every single song. And then Kristen comes out and just works a look and, like, <laughs> sort of goes a little crazy. I forgot what song it is, but just is Kristen Wiig, and it's it's amazing. And the guy from Little Miss Sunshine, the one that plays the... Paul Dano? Paul Dano. Yeah, the, the brother. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on that track alive, and he he's, like, an office worker, and he's, like completely like slamming his arms down and it's it's totally like an office space sort of kind of look you know all right that movie reference but yeah i mean that's what i've been had on my i didn't know she was into so much like musical theater but that makes sense right and i've heard that she's super she has stage fright really severely isn't that why she wears that wig or is that it's weird because she didn't true I mean... she used to be very public like when she was first starting with zero seven, she was she would sing in front of them on the stage. Her face mm. was on the cover of her album. She was also not sober too. Right. She oh. she also went sober and like completely changed. Yeah. In it, uh, I have also one degree of separation with her too, and I know that she's like turned herself around. Yeah. Like with her sobriety. I was just. I happy gratitude with her at the same time once. Nice. Was she wearing the wig? No. This was like this is pre. <laughs> and that's how I knew it was her. Pre wig, pre paper bag. She was just wearing. Actually, she was wearing um, high waisted jeans. That's all. That's all I got. Mo, <laughs> okay. what have you been listening to? Um. Well, not so much on the electronic side, but Glass Animals and La Femme. Both nice. of their new albums are really good. I just saw La Femme last night at the Regent Theater in downtown. That was good. They're kind of like synthy. French. Did you see Glass surfing. Animals at Greek? No, I oh, missed that. I that. They're so good. they're amazing. I saw them at uh, the Wiltern though. I think earlier this year. But they're um, good. I've seen them. Yeah, they're yeah. really good. Um, but like electronic wise, bass music. I've been listening to uh, Thriftworks. He came out with a new album. 
Um, he's been, that was a little bit more hip hop heavy, but really good, really weird, droopy, bloopy, droppy sounds and that sounds great. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. Lots Loopy, of drippy, droppy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lots of bass. And then um, you know, Rust Liquid, he does kinda he's a like a virtuoso. He plays flute, trumpet, sax, probably a bunch of other stuff too. Keys, I think. Um, but he's like really heavy. He does the same kind of like weird, drippy bass music, but um when he performs live he'll play trumpet or flute over it. But he just came out with a new album under a kind of a new moniker, the Rust Liquid Test, which is kind of like an ode to New Orleans jazz. So it's like a mix between bass music. It's like electro New Orleans jazz. That sounds awesome. Yeah, is it's it good? really good. I mean, yeah. I've only heard a couple tracks off of it. Um, the full thing's not out yet. But um, it's kind of like an homage to like the parade second line music, you know, that's really popular in New Orleans. Um, so he kind of combines that electronic uh, like beat and then puts over it a bunch of weird kind of jazz and it's like an ensemble whereas Russ Liquid was just solo with his fluting and his trumpeteering (laughs) (laughs) his flouting (laughs) the first fluting reference on the show so far thank you for that that's good yeah that's really good yeah so this time he got he's had got an ensemble together there's I think three of them a drummer um and then they all mix up and so is he twirling touring with the ensemble <laughs> he's I don't, twirling and twirling um actually it's funny because the first time they tested the rust liquid test that i saw was at infrasound in wisconsin um he was backstage and i heard him talking and i was like oh is this are is this i saw them like setting up and i was like is this like a new thing he's like yeah well we're gonna see how it works out you know it's like the Rust Liquid test, so we're testing it out right now. And I was like, oh, cool. So that was the first I'd heard of it, and it was actually a different group of people than what's going on now. So I think he kind of might be mixing it up a little bit as far as guest musicians having kind of different ears and different minds all mixing together and making some weird sounds. Cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Any other recs from anyone? You guys, I actually, it's been getting a lot of shit, or it's been kind of divisive, but I like the new Gaga album. Really? Yeah. Oh, the country thing? Yeah, but it's I like, saw the SNL. I was the really SNL, curious. I was not a fan of. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, it was, like, was not. You know, actually, in, in talking about Sia, who, like, holds back a little bit, she just gives you just enough. Gaga gives you everything. And oh, sometimes right. it's like, I don't want that. <laughs> now yeah. I'm on the piano. Like, girl. Now I'm laying on the yeah. piano. But I will say that there are a few tracks from the new album, and I'm historically not really a big fan of her. But they're good. Like, they're, they're singable, singable, danceable. Just, Do you want to sing one of them for us I now? don't, because I don't remember the words, because I haven't listened to it that many times. But I will say that yeah. I've enjoyed it so the far. Te- so the album did perform well in, in the first week. Uh, in oh, yeah. The Tell top. us the stats. Well, I, I don't have... They don't, we don't have full sales figures yet, but... Uh, you know, when you're rivaling Michael Bublé for first week sales, <laughs> that's a good sign. People buy Bublé albums. People love Bublé. People love a Bublé. Um but uh, this first single, Perfect Illusion, has not been getting played at radio. There's no second single yet, officially. So, Isn't she on that bar tour? She's doing a dive bar tour? Yeah, but like, sponsored by like Bud Light or something? That's, I mean, give me a break. Ooh. Wait, Gaga? <laughs> Gaga, yep. Yeah, she, yeah did a, she did a, quote, dive bar promotion tour. Sponsored by Bud Light. Because it's a country album. Yeah, because she's so rootsy. A.K.A. Dive Bar-ish. The girl from Manhattan who went to <laughs> private school. But, it's just, she but, loves to dive bar. But I think it's 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 easy to make fun of it, and I agree with you to a certain extent, but artists are allowed to like try on new looks. Totally. You know, oh, like absolutely. Stevie Nicks of Gold Dust Woman is not Stevie Nicks of Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. And and we love them both. We do, but I think their songs there were stronger. I I mean, I haven't given this as much of a listen as I think you have. I haven't connected with it. Yeah, I mean there's no like Edge of Seventeen on this album. There's also no sure. let's have but. some fun, this beat is stick. Sick, I wanna take a ride on a disco stick. There's none of that. <laughs> Which I heard an interview of her with that album, with like Poker Face and Monster, and she's it freely admits that she wrote them each in ten minutes, like every single track. Whereas this album yeah. is like way more musical, labored yeah. over. P- yeah, yeah. I mean, it must. So. It, 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 I imagine it's really easy to get freaked out when you're that famous, and it's like you could work with anybody. It's expected to be really good and to be a hit and to make money, and it's like fuck. 
you think about it for too long and then you're like on top of a piano on SNL wondering what you're doing. I don't think she's wondering. I think that might be the problem. <laughs> she is on top of that piano. Well, I give her props for going for it. I yes, I props to anyone who goes for it. Yeah. However, yeah. Grace Jones will not hand her the crown. <laughs> no, Never. I mean, no one's handing her the crown. crown. That's for damn. No, yeah. that crown is not uh, in it's her not possession. No. Did Gaga ask Grace Jones for the they crown? Ha- no, they had like a thing <laughs> where like Grace Jones was like not impressed. I I forget. I'm not quoting it correctly, but they like I hung out and Grace she Jones. She came was down. Like, and Madonna's not like you. It says something that a lot of like the. Uh, previous generations divas are like eh, about Lady Gaga. She's she's really hit or miss. Like Born yeah. This Way, I think is an amazing song. But would I go see Gaga in concert? Probably not. I loved Born This Way the first time when it was called Express Yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Madonna did say that, but okay, okay, yeah. okay. On that note, on that reductive note, on that reductive note. <laughs> uh, We've reached the point of the show where Katie and I talk about what killed the vibe. We're going to quiz each other on a variety of things and find out whether or not they did or did not kill the vibe. Katie, would you just go first? Um, no, I want to go second. Okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. Roadblock ads on the internet. I don't know what that is. It's like when you go to a web page and you're about to read an article and then all of a sudden an oh, advertisement. Oh, it always kills the vibe. Yeah. 100% of the time. Exactly. Razor blades and apples. <laughs> Happy Halloween. It kills the vibe and your children, so watch out. This, Donald this Trump masks. Ooh. Kept the vibe alive in a certain way. What? In a particular way. <laughs> in a, what? It's a particular way? vibe. Not all vibes are good. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones spoilers. Oh, kill the vibe. Khaleesi costumes. Ugh, killed the vibe. Pantsuit costumes. Kept the vibe alive. Okay, Midwest Radio. Oh, kept the vibe alive. Club Kids and Drano. Uh, killed the vibe. <laughs> Polysexual dance parties. Kept the vibe alive. Hearing protection. Kept the vibe alive. Exactly, and when you're going out this weekend, or really any weekend, make sure you cover your ears. Put a little piece of tissue in there if you have to, if you don't have earplugs. That's smart. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Fringe. Oh, does not kill the vibe. Okay. Uh, costumes. Kills the vibe. Okay. <laughs> a bad fake accent. Oh. <laughs> uh, I love them because they're so trashy, so it does not kill the vibe. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Fun size candy. Oh, does not kill the vibe. Oh. Tinnitus. Tonight, like tonight, like the ringing in your ear tinnitus. Correct. Kills the vibe. Correct. Okay. Staying in on Halloween. Oh, that is what I will be doing. Does not kill the vibe. That will be the vibe. Check Lady, me. Lady Gaga reinventions. Oh, kills the vibe. <laughs> going for it. Uh, going for it in a thirsty way kills the vibe. All right. It's a fine line. Sorry, uh, yeah. Thailand tourism. Oh, does not kill the vibe, I guess, unless you're there during either a funerary service or a military kill. Right. Check your travel, travel advisories. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got for you. Cool. All right. We want to thank everyone for listening. Don't Kill the Vibe is recorded live in Hollywood at the Create TV Studios by our A-team, executive producer Alex Munoz, audio engineers Andrew Conde and Anthony Russo. Allison Snyder is our creative director. Our theme music for today is Ocelot by Hazer and a Glory. And thank you to our guests, Raina Dewey and Feliz Navidad. Phyllis, not Both. Feliz. Both. I want to say Feliz so bad. Pedro is Peter. Thank you. That's kind. All right. So check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at DK. I said at like a Midwesterner. At at DKTV Podcast. And listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and or YouTube. Keep in touch at don'tkillthevibe.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Until next time. Don't don't kill kill the the vibe. vibe.